passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go! It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. President's Day 2015, for some reason we're here. Uh, no one else is in the building, but I, Al and I are, and we're always excited about that. Uh, do the daily podcast for you. And uh, Yankees and retired numbers. Seems like they retire almost all of them, and the newest one is going to be Andy Pettit which we found out it'll be August 23rd because his son basically tweeted that. Uh, I don't know the Yankees were about to make that announcement, but it's out there now. Where do you stand on retired numbers, whether it's the Yankees or anybody and, and, and the plaques and all that stuff? I, I kind of go both ways on this. Uh, I like, I, I find it strange when, when new guys wear somebody's number, like the Steelers don't retire numbers. Mm-hmm. So when I see somebody in a number 88, I think a Lynn Swan, 82, I think Stallworth, you know, 32, sure. Franco. So that's weird to me that somebody like a rookie would just join the Steelers and all of a sudden he takes one of the classic numbers. But the Yankees are getting in a situation now where they're going to run out of numbers. Yeah. You're going to have to go to three digits. If well, I was a rookie, I would say, can I have 100? Be the first one. I want to be the first one. And I'm going to have 100 retired one day. I'd make that my goal. Yeah, they're going to have to do something. I think what they're going to have to end up doing is kind of go into like a ring, ring of honor type of situation where the player gets put in, not necessarily his number, and you're going to have to let guys use it. They, the Cowboys do that too. They put the guys in the ring of honor. I remember uh, the first guy that wore 34 after Herschel Walker. Not that he was a great player, Walker. He was really good though. Remember Tommy Agee wore 34. I was like, wow, that just doesn't look right. Yeah, it's and, weird. And 88 was, I mean, it was worn in between Des Bryant and, and Michael Irvin, no question. But I don't think anybody's ever worn eight since Aikman, as a matter of fact. I'm pretty sure. Maybe right. someone has, but I don't think so. Uh, but that's what they have to do. I mean, unless you're going to go to letters on the back of a jersey. I mean, the whole thing is goofy. 
I'm weirded out by that dude on the Cowboys, number 11, the wide receiver. What's his name? Oh, Cole Beasley. Yeah. It, listen, Danny White was not a Hall of Fame he's quarterback. Good, but he's good, and it's still my childhood says number 11 on the Cowboys yeah. is Danny White. I don't disagree with you. And, you know, it's weird, too, seeing the flowing hair coming out of yes. the helmet and everything. Uh, I'm with you. It's very odd when different players wear the numbers. I guess if you're the Yankees, the numbers that have been or will be retired this year, at some point I'm with you, you have to stop. You can't keep doing it. You're running right. out of numbers. I, but it is kind of cool that no one will ever wear two again when they do uh, retire. Right, and there are certain guys, Babe Ruth, right. Jeter, but you, now you start throwing everybody out. Jorge exactly. Posada, I mean. I have Listen, I agree with you with even Pettit. Like, Pettit was great. Right. 214 wins, I think, the great postseasons. But is he, is he a legendary, an right, an immortal Yankee? You're I, right, I Jerry. Don't, I thought he was great, and I, people will kill me for saying it, but, I like, to me, you've got to be in the Hall of Fame. Don't you have your right. number retired? Give him a plaque. Fine. You want to put a we'll whole bunch of plaques so it looks like my parents' living room with just plaques everywhere? Great. But Wouldn't you're it... taking a number off of uh, off out of rotation. I'm with you. Uh, that to be like Jeter, fine. Mantle, fine. You get it. But some of these – and Posada was great, but he wasn't an immortal Yankee, I I don't think. I hate saying that, but it's true. And, Jerry, you're a big Borgata guy. You like Love to go down there. Borgata. You play a little blackjack, do you? Yes, absolutely. What would you think about this? Uh, they're going to allow Borgata to do uh, what they're calling physical skills-based betting. So, in other words, you can bet on yourself to shoot, say, 20 like straight uh, free throws. I like it. Now, the way they're going to do it, uh, the basketball one is one they're doing, is uh, they're, they're going to set up sort of like a uh, round-robin tournament where okay. you have to s- sink a certain amount of free throws in order to get in the tournament. And then once you're in the tournament, it's, it works like a uh, NCAA bracket thing. They so bracket someone's you off. going to win. So someone is going to win $10,000 based on physical skill, not a game of chance. I like that. And they say that they're going to do more games like this. I think it's brilliant. Why not? Are you more willing to to bet something like throwing balls through a tire like footballs or a game of uh, more of a game of chance like the slots? Um, you want some part of your winnings and losings by physically being involved? I think you're better off if you can control something because then all you've got to do to blame on the way home is yourself, and you can put yourself in a great state of depression because the only one who effed up is you. As opposed to, you know what, you pull the slots, ah, it wasn't my day. You play the blackjack, now the card, it wasn't in the cards. Actually, I'm going to change this now. My mistake, I apologize on that first part. I prefer to lose with the slots and the blackjack because I don't want to be depressed and beat myself up. Now, Craig loves to gamble blackjack. Yeah, I could see him if there was a, a free throw shooting basketball t- type of tournament, he'd be all in for that. Uh, yeah, he would be. Here's the problem why a guy like Craig wouldn't win or a guy like you or a guy like I wouldn't win. You're going to have guys that had collegiate careers <laughs> right. that in pressurized situations with actually people staring and watching them and yelling at them will shoot it at a clip of, I don't know, 84%. Right. It, all kidding aside, I, when I played uh, and I tried to play in high school basketball, a bit, yes. The one thing I always figured was I can do two things better than anybody else. I'm going to rebound better than anybody my size and maybe someone slightly bigger than me because I'm just going to be more aggressive. And I'm going to be the best free throw shooter. I had that in my head. And I will never forget one summer. I think it was eighth grade going into senior year, uh, freshman year. My dad told me the idea. If you really think you can be a great foul shooter, you should shoot 250 foul shots a day. Chart them and see where you're at at the end of the year. So I didn't quite stick to the 250, but I no question shot about 125, 130 every day all summer. And I started out that first day, I hit 51% of my free throws. When I totaled it up at the end of the summer, I had made 52% of my free throws. So you did not improve. I did not get any better.
Crazy, right? Yes. So I don't think that would be for me, but I could see a guy like Craig who's got all the self-confidence. I would might. be into that. You probably would. You probably but do you think you would improve to no. be able to beat these college athletes? No, but it'd be fun. It'd be like uh, playing those games down on the Jersey boardwalk. Well, it depends on how much the injury fee is. Yeah. Yes. Because you know the odds of you winning are not going to be good when you're not going up good. against a kid that played at Temple for four years. Right. That's true. So if it's a thousand dollars to get in, I'm, I'm out. out. Ten bucks. Let's give it a whirl. Right. I agree. All right. Uh, Sports Illustrated, excuse me, Saturday Night Live did their really cool thing last night with the uh, 40th anniversary, and I got to watch a little bit of it live last night. I did not watch the All-Star game. I'll be completely honest. Zero interest in that. So I watched some of that, but I watched a lot uh, this morning of what I missed online. They did a great job posting a lot of stuff, and I don't even know where to start. I thought the Jeopardy thing was tremendous. Uh, with Far- oh, what's his name? Uh, Will uh, Will Farrell. I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I thought that was very funny. I thought Alec Baldwin was really good in that. I thought the Seinfeld thing with the crowd was great. Uh, very funny. Larry David was funny. I thought it was very well done, and I thought the open was tremendous. Some people don't like Jimmy Fallon. I do. I thought him and Justin Timberlake were awesome. Yeah, it was a cool mix of showing old clips and then doing some of the old bits live with the people who originally did them and some celebrities. I thought that all was pretty cool. Now, I saw in some of the clips they had online, there's clearly there, no obvious cursing. Was that on TV? Because I, I guess I didn't watch the whole thing on TV. You know, yeah, like- the, the, the one I found the strangest uh, right off the bat in the opening monologue with uh, Justin yes. Timberlake, and they said the D in a box, yes. but they said the word. That was kind of weird to me. I, well, I guess if you think about it, it's o'clock. all context. Yeah, but in context, that means well, penis. But they didn't say mine or, yeah. well, it could be a name. What if you got a guy named Dick in a box? Right. I guess. I, but I agree with you. And the way they placed the box, it didn't look good. I'm right. totally with you. So that was out there. And the other one was the Jeopardy one. They had a couple. They had the you know the the horror ads one, which was very funny, and then they had the other one with the breasts. I'll right. leave it at that. Although that was funny. So you, that might have been on TV too. Right. Yeah, I think they were on because they were, that was live. Oh uh, well, whatever. Whether it was appropriate or not, it was very funny, and I couldn't be more with Craig and Boomer about the fact that Eddie Murphy didn't really do anything, and he was disappointing. There. And it yeah. was ta- that was the thing that was talked about weeks leading up to this. And that's the shame of it, because now there's too much conversation about what he didn't do, as opposed to really what was done. And there was a lot of good stuff. There were a couple of bad ones, too, by the way. Yes. What was it? The Dana Harvey, uh, the the broccoli one with the piano, yes. and no one responded. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really old bit of his, chopping broccoli. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, that's like a classic. How do you know? I actually was laughing about how stupid it is. Yes. And he's looking at them. And, by the way, take the camera off. I'm like, <laughs> it's over. It didn't work. And even Seinfeld at one point is like, I said go to break. <laughs> So I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was funny. There was the, um, I think it was the Jeopardy thing. I honestly was crying out in the newsroom watching it. Very funny. It was yeah, good very stuff. Funny. It really was. For a show that has lost, would you agree, lost a little bit of interest? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I thought it was very well done. Jerry, I don't know if you watched the dunk contest this weekend. I did not. Uh, Dr. J, the great uh, Hall of Famer, says that uh, nobody likes the dunk contest anymore. Because of uh, mascots, NBA mascots. His take is that when when you see mascots doing dunks, you know, somebody in like a gorilla costume or, uh, you know, a leopard, they're jumping off trampolines, they're doing backflips, they're, you know, 30 feet in the air, slam dunking balls. And then you got, as Dr. J said, a human just running up and dunking a basketball. It's not as exciting. Do you think the NBA players would use trampolines if we let them? Yes, I do. You do? I, I, I absolutely do. I do think they would. And What about don't... the risk of injury, jumping off a trampoline? Well, we're going back to, again, saying that they would allow them and that yeah. the union would allow it. So yes. you would have to work that out. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, they jump over human beings. 
I would love to see like Michael Jordan jumping off a trampoline, dunking a ball. That would be something. But what uh, if we what if we put the net twenty feet high <laughs> and allowed trampolines? Would you why be interested? Why not make it a complete circus? Yeah. <laughs> why not? I listen. I didn't watch it, and I understand what you're getting at, and what you know, Doctor J was talking about. But I will say, what I saw and I watched the highlights on YouTube the next morning, it was pretty ridiculous what that kid Levine did from Minnesota, and it actually. If you're going to tell me it's not popular, you'd have to show me proof because my kid was locked in when I showed him really? the video the next day. Then he wanted to see whoever, and it was my fault. I didn't tell him about it because I was in God's country calling a basketball game driving back. So I wasn't aware. I forgot about it, and my son didn't know. The people at Barclay Center loved it, and it was pretty cool. But I do get the point that the mascots are doing some ridiculous things with the trampolines and I don't know. I don't think you can have these million, a million, multi-million dollar athletes jumping off trampolines to 20-foot rims, though. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It, well, it would bring interest back, I guess, if there is a loss. What if we change the the entire NBA? Like, a real game is on trampolines with 20-feet rims. Would more people? I would watch. And four-point shots. Yeah, I'd and, watch the Nick game. Well, now we got the Globetrotters. I mean, really, that's what we're that's what we're proposing now. I mean, the Globetrotters have gotten... They do not have trampolines, I don't they, think. No, they don't, but what they do have are trick shots. They got a guy who climbs up the pole onto the backboard, sits on top of the backboard, and does alley-oops from there. And then they have four-point shots. I'd also like to see someone dump a bucket of confetti on Mello. I'd watch that. <laughs> I come running onto the yeah. court, and it's not water. Uh, it's funny. That's where the NBA is, I guess, these days. Uh, this is not a good story. This story is actually gruesome and uh, I hope that the kid turns out to be okay. A 20-year-old was in, was it in Spain? Is that yes. where it was? Yeah, where I, I don't think this is the running with the bulls, but it was some sort of an event. And he got, um, he took it, let's just say, Gorge. in a bad spot. Yeah. And he's, in, I believe, still in intensive care. He had a very long surgery. Um, his sphincter was hurt. Uh, his back was hurt. His hamstring got torn up. And the doctor said it's the longest type of surgery he's ever had to perform for something like this. A couple of things. A, uh, why? Uh, there's not a couple of things. One thing. Why, what are we doing? Why? Why do people run with bulls? Well, Rex Ryan did it a couple of years ago. Now, I don't know how close he got. But even if you're running on the same streets that bulls are running on, I don't understand that. I mean, these these guys, these bulls have horns like swords. And they weigh 2,500 pounds. I, I, I've never understood the sport of bull riding. That's another one where the bull basically throws you 30 feet in the air. I mean, well, for what? To stay on the bull for three seconds? That sounds brilliant. And then, again, what they do in Spain, I'm sure, and I should look it up. I'm not going to because I'm not all that interested in it. I'm sure there's some great historical value and sense to it. I'm out, and I don't understand why anybody. And I really hope this kid's okay because it is, ugh, ugh. I know you. I know you don't like the sport of bull riding. What about that other sport that they do, where uh, a guy you're you're on a horse with a rope and you try to catch a lamb? I don't like that either. I just don't think it's a lamb. Is it really a lamb? Oh, it's like a sheep or something. Yeah, like sheep no, herding. I don't, no, I don't want to lasso. What you do is you animals. lasso it by its legs and pull it down. I'll say this: you're not going to get gored up the butt. No. I mean, you're not going to get hurt doing that. I don't like that sport either, if that's what it's considered. I don't like any of these sports. I really don't. When you get outside of, you know, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, golf, and tennis, eh, I'm kind of good. 
You don't like any sport where we're competing against an animal that doesn't know it's competing. No, of course yes. not. It's kind of like, was it George Carlin that did the whole bit? You know, you want to hunt, fine, make it fair and give the deer a rifle as well. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I'm not anti-hunting and gathering and all that stuff. That's fine. People do it, different parts of the country, whatever. You want to go hunt, hunt, fine. If it's legal, great. I'm not doing it, and I'm not interested in it. I feel bad when I see Bambi in the woods doesn't know it's about to get shot and eaten. What if the sport where the guy's on the horse lassoing a sheep, what if at the end you sheared the sheep and made a coat? How is that any better? Well, because then, like how you said, hunting and gathering. You're what using... happens to the animal then? Well, I don't know how often a sheep's uh, fur wool grows that you could get another coat out of him. But if you herded him, got a coat, and then let him go grow his hair again, well, is that a sport? Well, then he turns out to be Rudolph with the reindeer games. All the other sheep. Hey, Baldy's back. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about how many bald sheep have you seen? None. Ever. Ever. Therefore, it probably doesn't happen. Bald sheep or just Bald a... sheep. Well, they got to be bald when they get sheared. Uh, they the hair them. goes somewhere. Yeah, they do not way. kill a sheep after they shear it. No chance. Well, what do they do with them? They it don't release it into back. the wild. It grows. Well, wherever. The, no, they, they have sheep farms and... And lamb places. I'm not even sure, honestly. This is not a me doing a bit. What a sheep and what a lamb is. <laughs> Can you do you know the difference? Sadly, I a don't. sheep and a lamb. I bet <laughs> one's a woman and one's a guy. I'll go with the sheep as a guy and the lamb. Yeah, a sheep girl. sounds like a guy. It sounds because the lamb masculine. is adorable. Yes, I would agree. But you but. You can you can order lamb chops. You cannot order sheep chops. And with that, Jerry. By the way, this is my second dumbest conversation I've had today. My other one was with Tom today. And we'll just kind of move on from there. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Thank God. It's the Brewer and Carton Post Game Show. Let's go! With Alan Jerry. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? <laughs> wow. Well, wow, you weren't kidding. You were you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.